Blog Talk Radio. your breath to that Finn Balor tune. <laughs> you know it. I am back. Blog Talk Radio. How is everyone tonight? Oh, it felt so good. It's like being released from a cage. Oh, thank you everyone for joining us back here. Blog Talk Radio, the Fantasy Jester Show, the return of Jester and JT. Oh, man. Welcome, everybody. Coming to you from Jesterville, Florida. Getting a little chilly for us. Can't complain as some of you are getting hit with some snow. And some friends are really going to get pummeled real soon. So, sorry. Sorry to hear that. I didn't tell you to live where it snows. Did I? No. I didn't give you permission. I didn't tell you. I didn't ask you. I didn't do any of that. So, don't come to me. Man, I am jacked for tonight. I got to get back to, you know, that whole plan of before JT comes in and we've got Paige. We're adding, uh, for those of you who haven't been able to follow along down at the queue, we have Paige Pauly has joined the, the group here and really lays down some great stuff and also helps now. We're, we're bringing a little bit more NCAA because of him and him and JT can talk more on that. As many of you know, give me the pros. Don't know the college as much. Kudos to them. They certainly know a lot more than I, but I don't want to keep that information from all of you who do follow pro and college. You deserve that kind of coverage. So let's get into it. Let's, I'm not wasting any time. I, I, I can't. I, I, I can't sit still in my chair tonight. It was great to just have music that counted when it opened. Anyway, let's get back. They took the time to write this. For those of you paying attention on Blog Talk Radio, it's come to my attention that because of the new computer system I use down at the queue that uh, I've gone out and gotten, we don't have all the pictures downloaded yet that used to be on the former show. So you're getting stuck tonight with maybe about five. I'm hearing about six, seven, six, seven pictures uh, tonight that's in the rotation Enjoy them. We'll have more as I can go ahead and download them. Just been a crazy time in Jesterville DJing yesterday. 
to tomorrow I got the radio show, then tomorrow night I got the wrestling LCCW. If you haven't been paying attention to that, Lake County Championship Wrestling, go check that out on Facebook. Anyway, let's get to this. The title says it all. Jester and JT return to Blog Talk Radio, and they aren't coming alone. When we last heard from our heroes, they were off to do a radio show. Now they're back to do both, and they're bringing someone with them. Like I mentioned, Paige Pauley. He is nowhere on social media. That's his thing. He very exclusive certain shows. He only does certain shows. He does the Lake County Sports Show down here in Florida. And only certain places can you hear him. He's that exclusive. We're fortunate to have him this week on the show. NFL, good, bad, surprises of the week. Also, you know, from last week, there, there was some great football last week. Let, let's be honest. If you're an NFL fan, but they were good and they were bad surprises. We're going to get to that. Also, the predictions, obviously, of who will make it to the Super Bowl at that time. We're going to be talking later on in the show, going to be talking about some of the guests for the Fantasy Jester Super Bowl special. NCAA basketball. We're going to talk about NCAA basketball tonight. The teams we have, the teams to watch, and which team is overrated. You guys will be giving us that. NBA, the biggest train wreck award winners, nominees are the Suns, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Cavaliers. NHL, same thing. The biggest train wreck award winners, nominees are Philly, Ottawa, and the LA Kings. MLB, We'll be talking third base prospects, not named Vlad. Good stuff, good stuff. Hey, listen, you can find me at Fantasy Jester on Facebook or at the Fantasy Football Group year-round, Fantasy Football Discussions. Also on Twitter, Fantasy underscore Jester. And you can find the man that I'm going to bring in next. You know who I'm talking about. If you follow us all along, I am bringing in the one, the only, Jason Townsend, JT, or Fez437, if you're on Twitter. JT, how's it going today from Texas, my man? Oh, it's going fantastic here from Texas. Uh, We're back in prime time where the uh, Fantasy Jester show should be. Um, Friday night, talking sports. Uh, You know, it's been a little bit of a rough week around here as, uh, you know, the same Cowboys took the loss last week, but you know, I got a quick say about that is Cowboys lost. I don't think the Rams won, but we'll talk about that a little later. Interesting. Interesting point. Uh, we'll definitely be getting to that. Let's go ahead and bring them in. First time on blog talk with us, JT. This is, uh, this is, oh, yeah. this is new for the fans. Uh, no, listen, we're bringing them to everybody. Pardon me? Yeah. Oh no, this is a good thing. Okay. You're, you're, yeah. I, Keep it going. Yeah, this is a little treat for everybody. Yeah, no, this is a little treat for everybody. Uh, listen, you, everybody out there knows how JT and I feel about what we bring you. And obviously, Paige has been with us for a little bit now over at the queue. And you're going to see why he's on the show. Paige, Paulie, welcome to Blog Talk Radio, the Fantasy Justice Show. How you doing tonight, man? Listen, it's just a true honor to be on the show. I appreciate it, gentlemen. Look, we're going to have a good time. Let's talk some sports. Let's let it loose and just go with it. You know what? Let's go ahead and fly right off the handle. Let's start the NFL. Let's talk good surprises. And you know what? Let's, let's let the new guy take the good surprise first, JT. Paige, what do you have? Good surprise. Player or team last week? 
The best surprise, really, that I saw out of last week, and as we all know, it's got to be C.J. Anderson. And it's it was blown up. It's sensationalized. I get it. But really, what we saw now going into this this Rams and this Saints uh, matchup of what it's going to be, now there's both two-headed monsters on both sides. I've never really seen a whole lot within my time of covering and looking at and really analyzing two teams. It's, it's, it's a mirror matchup. It is a mirror matchup. And for both sides, it is really tough for Sean Payton to really look at across the field and know that they, what, what, the, what the Rams are going to bring is exactly what the Saints are going to bring. Mm-hmm. The only difference, and when I look at really both these teams and within the big surprise of what C.J. Anderson brings, uh-huh. it's the difference at QB. It's the experience at QB of, of, of Breeze and to the breakdown of the game, but your surprise last week was C.J., correct? It's got to be. It's got to be. Okay. For what now, for, for the different level, what he brings for that Rams team, it's got to be. Okay. I got you, and that, I, I like that because he did – He did. that is a surprise. Nobody going into the playoffs said, you know what, we're going to have to watch the Rams because of C.J. Anderson and what he mm-hmm. does. So I, I like that. Let's go ahead. JT, your good surprise. Oh, my good surprise. I want to throw a big shout-out to the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Uh, came up against a Colts offense that was humming, held them to 13 points. Uh, Andrew Luck at 52% completion percentage in that game. Sacked three times. A guy that really hadn't been sacked much all season. Rams, including Justin Houston, got to him two times. But the way – now, that we've talked on this show all throughout the season. High-octane offense, very suspect defense. If this defense can show up like that, Tom Brady is in for a long day in Kansas City this weekend. Okay, and obviously uh, later on in the predictions, we're going to get to what you believe your chances of that defense showing mm-hmm. up again. I, I like that. Go ahead. Now, we'll start you off on, on the bad surprise. Uh, what was your bad surprise player or team last week? And then we'll go ahead back to Paige. Well, I want to talk about a guy that was relieved of his duties today. My bad for the week was offensive coordinator Sean Linnan, Scott Linehan for the Dallas Cowboys. Please learn how to call a football game before you accept another job, pal, because, oh, my God, what are you doing? Okay, you have one of the best running backs in football out there. Your quarterback, let's be honest, if you don't already know this, Mr. Linehan and Mr. Garrett, your quarterback is a backup quarterback. He's not a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. You can't keep putting this guy in a position where he's taking seven-step drops and sitting in the pocket when he's getting teed off on all game long. Um I just don't understand what the Cowboys were doing in that game. They had a chance at the end. Dak had 30 yards in front of him to run the football. No one – they're playing man defense. The DB's backs are to you, third and 14, and you throw a duck 10 yards out of bounds. Linehan, right. again, learn your craft. Cowboys offensive coordinator is my uh, bad for last weekend's game. Fair enough. I, I happen to uh, agree because I just – I don't agree with all of what you said. I don't, uh, I don't think Dak is elite, but I don't think we can truly say what Dak is until he has mm-hmm. a full complement of receivers, tight end. You know, the actual 
package he should have as an NFL quarterback. He's still I, 24 I, years old, so I, I'm I not don't ready disagree. to go ahead and bail on him yet. I see Tannehill. So? I see Tannehill. Yeah. That's wow. That's a, wow. Wow. Tannehill. He's Ryan Tannehill. He's Ryan Tannehill. Plain and simple. Captain Checker. I don't. I don't, think, I don't think he's as bad as Ryan Tannehill. That's just my personal opinion. <laughs> I, I don't uh, think he's that bad. Uh, I, I'm sorry. If you look at some of the balls this guy throws. Oof. Interesting. Interesting. You know. Oh, you know. My my bad. My one. bad. Honestly, is a yeah. two part. Okay. The Colts offensive line. Where were you at? Why didn't you show up? Where where were you at? And the other Man. one is honestly the Dallas linebackers. Where was Vander Esch? Where was Jalen Smith? And where was Sean Lee? And and I get it. They all three of those guys had their hands full because I don't think anyone saw again that two headed monster coming their way. And it's been silent. And it's all been Gurley. And Gurley's been he's been banged up, but he's been in the rotation, in and out, doing his thing. And then all of a sudden, Dallas had their hands full right in that middle mm. because they couldn't Great get a point. push with Lawrence. Randy Gregory, of the guy who I really thought was going to turn it on in the playoffs, did not turn it on. And then all of a sudden, it's left up to those linebackers, and they had their hands full that whole game. Well, he's turning the TV Crazy. on the rest of the playoffs. It's funny. It's funny, though, that – you, both of you pointed to that Dallas game as a, a, a bad it surprise is. from offensive and a defensive. It's it, it's interesting that you guys took both sides of the ball on that game. Now later on, right. later on in the show, I'll go ahead. I'm going to be talking to Nick and everything regarding what my good and bad surprise were. But interesting from the Dallas game, huh? Both Jester, of you, Jester. One yeah. last thought on that. It's a quick one. One okay. B for bad is that. Idiot, Marcus Peters flapping his gums at Sean Payton. You don't do that. Shut your mouth. Play the game. Uh, what an idiot. But anyway, my, my, Michael Thomas is going to eat his lunch this weekend. It's going to be. I agree yeah. with JT on that one. I, 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 think, love, I, I think I'm going to have to agree, agree with JT. Yeah, I love me some Michael Thomas. I got to be honest with you. Uh, definitely an under, underrated, underappreciated receiver. I guess. I guess maybe he's not prima donna enough for the uh, NFL to cover him uh-huh. more. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I say that? Anyway, JT, let's get to the predictions. We have Sunday, 3:05. 3:05. New England going to visit a very chilly Kansas City in more ways than one. Uh-huh. Well, uh, let's be honest. The weather's not going to be a factor for either team in this game. But, you know, I look nope. for those little tells, and I see a tell in this game. When have you ever seen Tom Brady at the, out there at the media trying to defend the Patriots? Oh, they think we suck. People think we're over. Then we'll show them. When have you ever seen him doing that? Does the phrase of thou doth protest too much, Tom, does that mean anything to you? I think the Patriots are scared. I think the Patriots see something sitting in front of them that they're not used to seeing, which is actual competition in the AFC. I think they're looking at a quarterback that they know they can hurt him. They can't cover the cheetah. Tyree Kill is going to have a field day. And then you have Bill Belichick coming out and saying, I really like Damian Williams. We had him here on a visit. He chose to sign somewhere else, but I've seen him in Miami, and we really like mm-hmm. him. Again, you don't tend to see Bill Belichick complimenting a player ever. He doesn't say anything. So when I look at this game, I think on each level, 
Kansas City's offense has something that can answer anything that the defense throws at them. And again, like I said earlier, if Justin Houston and that pass rush show up like that, you get Tom Brady pressure straight up the middle in his face. We've seen what's happened to him in the past. And oh, by the way, I know it's a few years back, but wasn't it against the Kansas City Chiefs where Tom had his uh, gruesome knee injury? It was at Kansas City. You know, you wonder how things like that play out when they, what a guy thinks about when he steps on that field. Let's say he gets hit early and often up the middle. You never know okay. what kind of happy feet Mr. Brady could have. So I say Kansas City wins this game. Okay. Interesting. Go ahead. And would you, what's your score there? Uh, 31-17. 31-17. Okay. We got you down. Paige, take a hack at it. Go ahead. Oh, listen, JT highlighted so many points within that. There's no doubt. Listen, Tyreek Hill is going to get his. There's no doubt. We, as From what we've seen throughout the whole year, the Ferrari of what we know as Patrick Mahomes is awesome. He's going to let it rip, man. And Tyreek Hill is going to get his. Uh, Travis Kelsey is going to get his. There are guys on this team that are just so good offensive-wise. And, and JT's right. But I honestly think at the same token, if you don't think the Patriots love to relish within this underdog mentality that they've mm-hmm. never really had to, to thrive under, then that's going to bode well for them within the locker room. At least when I look at it, this is a, always a motivational point. I love, I love the Andy Reid Bill Belichick matchup because we finally get this again. It's a big game. It's a big playing field for them to tinker and do what they want. Andy Reid has his toy within Tyreek Hill. Bill Belichick had his toy long time ago within uh, 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 Taylor. And there's no doubt about it that these two coaches, legendary coaches, within their own right, we get to see it again. I love it. And I, I, I tend to agree with JT. I don't think it's going to be that big of a difference within 31-17, but I think we're probably looking at yes. There's no doubt about it. Chiefs can put up 31, and I think we're probably looking more like 24 for the Patriots. I think they'll rally back. They'll find a way. The one thing that always bodes well within the Patriots' favor is that if you are able to move the ball down the field, we Mm -hmm. saw it within the Peyton Manning era, within the Colts. Keep that offense, that dangerous offense, off the field, and the Patriots Mm -hmm. have a chance. Even with Goskowski in the end, they can do it. So, all right, so your final score? Yeah, I would say 31-24. Chiefs. Yeah, I got you on the Chiefs. 31-24. So you're both going with 31. I, I, I think they, I think they score that much, don't you, Jesse? That's interesting. Wow. Oh, yeah, 31 is, is a bad day. 31's a bad day for the Chiefs. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree with JT. Let me ask you something, and maybe this is a maybe, maybe. You, you never know with me how this is going to go, but a little foreshadowing. Let me ask you something. Um, you don't feel, either one of you, uh, jump in if you, uh, if you disagree, and I'm sure it's sounding like both of you will be up to this, is that you don't think at some point, some point, 
this kid's going to feel it. This kid's going to feel the adversity that, hey, listen, I'm in the middle of a, a playoff game to go to the Super Bowl against Tom Brady, against, the Bel- against Belichick, against the Patriots, and I'm having to do it again with the most adversity of the weather. He, he, I mean, Are you there? I think I think Chester's feeling the adversity right now, Paige. So uh, you and I can talk about that. I know he's probably oh. getting, you know getting things together in the studio there. But let's just say this, yeah. Paige. He what he's talking about. Pat Mahomes felt that last week. Okay, he didn't throw oh, a touchdown pass. Agreed. He threw for two hundred and seventy-three yards. He got hit. Okay, he he got blitzed. He got knocked around. What did he do? He found that guy that I think is better than Kareem Hunt and Damian Williams in that offense. And rode his back. Paige, are you with me? And can you guys hear me? Um, I'm I can there. hear you fine. I got you. Did you hear me on the microphone? No, we cut out somehow. Dude, it dropped me entirely. It dropped yeah, everybody. Too. And what was happening is the board was going crazy. Um, what we'll do is I'll go ahead and I'll cut that. I'll see. Hopefully it's still recording, which it should be because it shows still on air. Um, and I'll cut it. I don't know. There was a number that was calling in. There was a number that was calling in that was bouncing all over the board. Like there was a problem with the board. That was easy. That's not, Bill Belichick not liking what we're saying and cutting us off. Mr. That's Bell it. Spygate. This is Spygate. So, Spygate. So, let's go ahead. I'm going to pick this back up uh, somehow. Uh, I'll edit it and uh, give me one second. All right, so everybody's feeling me on, on what I was saying about Casey then, uh, and that there's adversity that this kid's going to face mm-hmm. for the first time and sure. have to he do faced so. He last week. Yeah, but he has to he do it this time in weather week. that he's never had to play in against a team that has that much experience. It's going to be interesting. Like I said, I'm not saying that's what I'm doing right now, but I'm just throwing that out there for everybody because it seems like everybody's just taking Kansas City. It really does. No, uh, you know really. what? Uh, you know, you know what I think we all feel. There right. is a question mark over New England that hasn't been there in ten years. There is, mm-hmm. I mean, literally one big question mark: Is Rob Gronkowski going to go out in the first quarter? Is Tony Michelle going to last? How long can they rely on James White? There is no Josh Gordon. You know, I mean, as we go on, I mean, there Julian Edelman has had his series of injuries. There is no Logan Ryan. You have two twins within the, the McCordy twins 
and you have Patrick Chung, and you've got what? I mean, when you really look at this team, at least when I look at it, I, I, I honestly question this team of the Patriots within the dynasty of what they've been more than I've ever questioned them before. Exactly. Guard's got to change sometime, and I think it's now. Interesting. Interesting. Paige, let's go right into this next one then. Your thoughts, L.A., New Orleans. Man, as I've said before, it's a mirror image. They they are a mirror image of a team that want to do something that catch you off guard. They they want to be shifty. They're, Drew Brees is, is a master of his craft. Jared Goff is, yeah. is getting there, but he's not there. But what he has – is a really, really good coach, and he's got a really, really good defense. And even with Aqib Tlaib coming back, it's going to be difficult for the Saints, even though they're at home. Listen, they're playing, they're playing within the dome. We know what happens. We know the way this game goes. They are great on AstroTurf. They're going to be good. I, I believe, I, I mean, just flat out, I think the Saints – in the end, will probably be just a little bit better. But it's going to be one of the closest games. I would say we're probably looking at probably another high-scoring game, you know, 30 to 27, somewhere in that range. 30 to 27. And you're taking New Orleans? Oh, I'm taking New Orleans. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting so far, you guys. Keep it going, JT. Well, this this next thing is going to make me sick to do, but uh, you all, you make great points, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, but I think the Rams are going to come out on top, and this is why I think that. Okay, I don't think Sean Payton Sean Payton's lost what he was doing earlier in the season. Why they were such a high scoring team? Mark Ingram and his PED butt needs to be put right back on the pine and be a backup. They need to feature their best player in Alvin Kamara. He needs 25 touches for them to win this game between rushing and receiving. He won't get that. Michael Thomas is a man amongst boys out there at wide receiver. Uh, I think he's going to have a big game, but I look on the flip side of the ball, and I think Sean McVay is going to do exactly what he did last week and ball control. I mean, Goff really didn't factor in that game. He didn't have to. He had 120-plus you know, yards for CJ, 115 yards for Todd Gurley. Uh, I think they're going to run the ball straight down. The, let's be honest. The Saints didn't win that game last week. Alshon Jeffrey gifted it to them, a little late Christmas gift uh, in that game. The, Philadelphia was on their way down to put a, put a six points to win that game. So I think this is a, another late-season exit, just like we saw from them last year in the Stephon Diggs play. I think we're going to see something else this year. I think the Rams win this game 34-24. to 24. Wow. Wow, 34-24 Rams. I, I get you, JT. I get all your points. I honestly do. But here's here's what I will say. When it comes down to the Rams, they have better players on defense. There's no doubt about it. There's more. They are mm-hmm. more stout up front than than the Rams. Than excuse me, than than the Saints are. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. But you're absolutely correct, and a lot of the points of you know whether Ingram can be. And whether he should be benched, whether Kamara should be featured, the biggest thing against the Saints going right now is they're, they've they lost their tight ends. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's a close game from last week. But I think there's something about the fire of what they have 
They'll find it. Mm-hmm. They will find a way. I think this is I think just like Brady, it's the same thing with Breeze. We're looking at we're looking at gunslingers within their last hurrah. Right. They're they're going to ride off in the sunset. And whether it's I, I you know, at right. the end of this year or next year, these guys feel it, man. They are like the Wyatt Herbs. These guys are the old West guys and you know, they're gonna go out and they're not going to give it up easy. It just seems like that offense, and Justin and I, we talked about this, what, last week. It, since they yeah. started going more of a 50-50 split with Ingram and Kamara, and you mentioned with losing Armstead at that point as well, their left tackle. But since that point, that offense is nowhere near the octane. We're talking went from 93 octane down to about 87 at that point. They need You're to right. feature their best player, and they haven't been doing it. So I think the Rams are going to two-headed monster again and win that game. One of the uh, interesting points I'm going to try and point out um, when I talk with Goose about this later on is the two words that probably are going to dictate this game. Aaron Donald. Good point. The The effect of that rush being right up in the face of Drew Brees and making him have to move and what that's going to mean to the to the offense, being able right. to rush up the middle, being able to pass up the middle, making him move. How many quarterbacks do we see? And, and again, Breeze is shown now when they were missing their left tackle for a while and him having to move around, it does affect him now a little bit more in his old age. So it's going to be a point that I'm going to go over later on. But uh, great stuff mm-hmm. on, on the NFL. Jester, before we go, got to throw this out there to Paige, got to throw this out there to you. Kyler Murray okay. declaring for the draft, the NFL draft, a guy that was drafted, mm-hmm. what, sixth overall by the Oakland A's in last year's baseball or this past baseball draft. Uh, you know, what do you think of that? What do you see? I mean, for me, I look at this as an A's fan and say, well, to me, this is a, a bargaining chip for him to go to Billy Bean and David Forrest and say, hey, you give me a major league contract or guess what? I might be playing on Sundays in the NFL. Paige? Oh no, he did. There's no doubt about it. With with within what the leverage of what he has, considering that the Mel Kuypers and everybody else of the world that are going to predict him, you know, Mike May Mike Mayock aside, because now he's with the Oakland Raiders, as we know. Mm-hmm. He's I, uh, Kyler Murray's got the world by his hands, and he's probably going to go no less than 13. And yes, if you are the A's, you feel held hostage. Because I'm with you, you had a lot going on. I mean, they were one of the hottest teams to end the year last year, and you had a guy mm-hmm. like that, man. That's I mean, going into 2019, you you got a lot to look forward to, and it is tough. It really, really is tough. I think if you're, if you're Kyler Murray, then you go with where your heart is. But if I'm Kyler Murray, dude, I'm staying with baseball. Yeah, he's an, 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 just as good as as good as he's in football. He's better in baseball. Yes, agree. Let, let me ask the, let me ask you both this and uh, uh, JT, go ahead and go first. I, I want to ask you when you're talking about this and his decision making. Does where he get where he gets drafted, the team he goes to, do you think that matters or no? Oh, I, I absolutely do think in some ways it matters. Uh, I've I've seen some mocks that have him going to New England of all teams uh, that have come out already. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, I believe, latest mock has him going to New England. I think if 
I think if he goes to a place where he may be able to start right away, maybe that makes that decision a little harder for him. But watching interviews with this guy after the baseball draft this past you know past summer, the guy's heart is in base. So you know, I I think it ultimately uh, goes where his heart says. Plays in Oakland. You know what I love, gentlemen. If I if, if I don't mean to interject here, but I will say this: when Dion primetime, the man of dual sports, him and Bo Jackson and Brian Jordan. When they all basically come, mean, you look at where they played in football, and you were you look at where they played in baseball. You're talking about Kyler Murray being a quarterback of a team. You got to be committed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. literally have yeah, to be committed. No you can't. You cannot do that. You can't. These guys relied on speed, and Kyler Murray's fast. But we're talking about Kyler Murray being a quarterback of a team, gentlemen, and we know what that entails. And so, yeah, you, you, if you're Kyler Murray, you have to make one decision. And if you have to stick with it. <laughs> and I'm sorry, had to. I've got, the, I've got my old toys back. I'm realizing I could have been playing stuff this whole time. Anyway, guys, let's go ahead. We can, we'll, we'll talk more about that. Let's get into the NCAA. Let's get into basketball. Uh, you know what? Let's, let's go right ahead. Let's start out with JT. Give me your team, uh, who you're looking at to go ahead and, and win this whole thing. Well, it, you know, at this point to me, looking at obviously anything can happen in the NCAA tournament, but I see it as a four-team race for the actual cutting down of the net, uh, you know, with Duke, Michigan, Tennessee, and Virginia being your top four. And I think those are, in my opinion, when you look at those teams from top to bottom, uh, three of those teams are on 11 or, or better game winning streak due coming off of a loss the other night. But uh, all in all, when I look at those those teams, I, I'm an ACC guy, and I look and I see two teams from the ACC sitting in there, Virginia and Duke. But it's really hard to go against Coach K. And, uh, you know, we've talked about, uh, you know, some of the players on that roster already this year. Uh, from top to bottom, I just don't see Duke getting knocked off this year. They're mentally tough. They've been there every season. They're there time and time again, and Coach K always finds a way to win. And coming from a target, hey. man, that hurts. Trust me. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Listen, I love it because I do. I'm right there with you. I think Tennessee is one of the sleeper teams. Even though they're sitting there at threes, like everyone's there up there. No, like they are good. Duke, we know what Duke is. Like we don't even have to talk about it. Virginia is a team that they're, they're, they are the unsexy pick. You know what I mean? Like, they are the mm-hmm. ones over in the corner that no one really wants to talk about because they don't score a whole lot of points. The one team that I really <laughs> do love, though, is Marquette. It's really crazy because okay. between Gonzaga, Marquette, John Morant, that dude is averaging 11 or 10 and a half assists. A game, <laughs> averaging that translates. That translates to a team. Right now, as we sit, Marquette's sitting about 15. They're easily going to make it in. They're going to go. And I, when I look at when I look at when I look at college basketball, I always translate. Okay, what's going to happen down the road? And down the road, as we know, Michigan State's going to come along. Izzo's going to get his team ready. Bill Self. Kansas sitting at seven, they are definitely going to – they're right there with them. Kansas is, is, is another one of those teams that we know they're going to be there every single year. But if I really had to hang my hat on and say one team, 
man, Gonzaga is really good. And they are the team that no one ever really watches. Yeah, they're sitting at five. They're right there below Virginia, all that sort of thing. I think they they will be the team to go on to maybe Ooh. make a long stretch within okay. the tourney. I think Gonzaga's so the team, team man. Watch. I think Gonzaga's the team. There's there's a couple teams that we look at that are like, you know what? Are they there? Are they not there? But no, no. I think those are the teams that are there. I like Tennessee. I like Gonzaga. Kansas, Michigan State, as we know, is going to be there. But I really like Marquette as well. I like Marquette. JT, I'll ask you in a minute. I'm going to ask you in a minute. I like I like what both of you guys are given because of the teams that you're given. I, I see where both of you uh, are looking at and what you both see in that. And uh, let me ask you, though, uh, and I'll start with Paige, and then, uh, like I said, I want to get to JT. Uh, Paige, who's your overrated team right now? Who's the team that people just are looking at and you go, come on, they're they're there and they shouldn't be, they're going to drop? Virginia does it. Virginia does it. They've done it the past two years. They're not a sexy team when you look at them play. They play the four corner posts with one guy in the middle, and they're a defensive-led team. They're, you're lucky if you score 80 points within a night. Virginia has been that team, and they've been exposed very, very early. Interesting. JT, same question. Um, I want to talk about a team that was more of a preseason top 20 pick that's really, really disappointed me, and that's Syracuse. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, Brissett and Battle with two players like that. We should be seeing a lot more from this team than we are at 12-5. and five. Uh, They beat Duke. Know, the four losses. Uh, they beat Duke, but the sun shines on a dog's backside every now and again, let's be honest. I get it. Um, you know, I mean, but this team in general, 12-5 and five at this point, uh, they look like they're going through the motions out there on the floor. I expect better from a, a team of Syracuse's uh, history and, and coaching pedigree and some of the players that they have on that roster. Again, for set and battle alone should be enough to get this team into the top ten. I just don't see it. I expected a lot more from them, as did a lot of the experts and pundits before the season. So Syracuse is not a problem. Appointment or well, what, what about the Tar Heels? I mean, let's be honest, JT. What about the Tar Heels as well? See, you're expecting more out of the Tar Heels than I was this season. I just I didn't <laughs> like the class coming in. Uh, I didn't. I personally didn't think we were anywhere near as good as the pedigree of North Carolina, and a lot of the pundits didn't as well. A lot of people really kind of have us as a fringe team in the ACC at this point. So, you know, I have no problem calling my team calling my team out. I do it to the Dolphins all the time, but you must have been expecting a lot more out of Chapel Hill than I was this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're there. I mean, Roy Williams is a wonderful coach. I mean, just like as Izzo mm-hmm. is. I mean, they're 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 staples within college basketball as we know. You know what I mean? It's like right. these yeah. guys are expected. And and even as we see, I mean, okay, there's nothing wrong with Roy Williams having a disappointing year, just like with John Calipari. Even though we know how the Blue Bloods are, I mean, those guys, I mean, they're just ravaged about where that Wildcat program is. Within, mm-hmm. Roy Williams is given a little bit of grace. But within where they're at now, if you really look at it, within the past two to three years, Roy Williams has not recruited the way that he probably should have. No, he really hasn't. Uh, we uh, Duke and NC State. I mean, you know, Chris Corciani yeah. we've had on the show a couple times. The NC State alone, talking to him, NC State and, and Duke are the ones that are soaking up those Carolina basketball players, you know, the, the kids yeah, that are doing I'm, it. It's not Roy Williams. They're right. losing Tobacco Road, man. It's a shame, guys. but it looks like uh, time to move on. Yeah, no, no, no. Listen, great stuff, great stuff. You guys – 
This is what I'm expecting. This is what we're going to be bringing to you folks now at Blog Talk Radio that are used to JT and I just talking about pro sports. Being able to bring Paige in really helps go ahead, get you prepared to watch and to pay attention to these college players long before they come to the pros. Yes. So, again, I like the aspect of what Paige is going to bring to the show with you, JT. Just some great stuff. Great job, guys. Hey, and just yep. one thing I want to throw out there before we leave NCA, and this is for Paige, Buffalo is the new Gonzaga. Keep an eye on Buffalo. They have a guard named Jeremy Harris, 6'7", 185. If you haven't had the pleasure of watching this kid play yet, you need to watch him play. Jeremy Harris, keep an eye on Buffalo in that tourney. Oh, I love it, and I'll also throw another one. What about UCF, Taco Fall? That guy is leading. <laughs> right, Dude, you know. Listen, man, this nice. dude's like 7'2". He's, he's honestly stayed all the way throughout through his senior year. Taco Fall, you watch, so he'll probably be at least close to a lottery pick. There it is. You guys are great. Great stuff, guys. Great stuff. We got to keep it moving. We'll talk more college stuff. You guys will be able to get into it even more. Love what you bring in. Let's stay with the basketball theme, though, uh, because there are plenty of teams. We've been talking basketball. We've been talking about the Magic. But let, we, I want to talk about a little bit around the league right now uh, and talk about who is the biggest train wreck and why. <laughs> Who's the biggest train wreck, JT, in basketball between the Suns, the Bulls, the Knicks, and the Cavaliers? I'll let you start off on the basketball. Go ahead. Oh, well, this is near and dear to your heart, but I picked the New York Knicks as the biggest train wreck, but I have a little silver lining for you Knicks fans out there. You know, we're looking at a team that's set for, let's be honest, their fifth straight 50-loss season. Uh, The franchise just hasn't been the same since the days of Starks and Ewing and Xavier McDaniel, Allen Houston. It's been a long time, Knicks fans, and I know it, but something to think about. You have this offseason coming, okay? This is a very free agent-rich offseason. The Knicks have a ton of money to spend. You know, they've got eight lottery picks on that roster that are underachieving now, three of their own and five others that they've picked up through various trades and free agent signing. They just can't seem to get it right. But can you imagine if they added, you know, Zion and they added, let's say, Kevin Durant in the offseason, what that could do for that franchise, you know, through draft and through free agency. Knicks fans, I do think that corner is coming, but again, Five straight 50 lost seasons, 50 plus lost seasons. It's got to hurt up at Madison Square Garden. You know, you said a little bit of a silver lining for the Knicks fans, okay? Mm-hmm. And I like what you're having to say because you're right. They're going to have the money and they're going to have a high pick and all this stuff. And all of that sounds fantastic. But when you say it was a little silver lining, I can go ahead and take a pea shooter of two words that will destroy <laughs> every bit of what you just said. There's two words for every Knicks fan that will kill any silver line. James Dolan. I mean, uh, is there true. anybody worse? I mean, other than Gary Bettman from the NHL, is there oh, any worse executive? I love that. Are you, are you talking sports? about Ray Kroc? You're talking about Ray Kroc, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's who you're talking about. Trying to sell his grip? <sighs> In, in orange? My Lord. Oh. How can you? I said Knicks fans have zero hope. I'm going to tell you. 
right now. No, I'm sorry. It sounds great. Yes, they've got the money to play with, and they can get the picks and all that, and they still have James Dolan. So sorry, sir. Mm. You know what? They are the biggest train wreck, and you know what? I, I'm willing to go out on a limb. They're going to be a train wreck next year, too, somehow. Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe Gentlemen. Gentlemen, do you not realize yeah. that the Knicks are beating the freaking Cleveland Cavaliers? Dan Gilbert Ooh. is the biggest train wreck ever. With it, Dude, it Dan Gilbert cannot get out of his own way. He, Dude, they drafted Anthony Bennett. They drafted <laughs> the worst. They let Kyrie go. And listen, even when LeBron comes back and everyone, everyone wants to say, okay, you know, LeBron comes back, da 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 Listen, no. If you weren't prepared for LeBron to leave, then no offense, you're the fish at the freaking poker table. You're the guy. You are the guy. You are the mark. And Dan Gilbert is the mark. He's been the mark for years. This dude will do anything to, to sign a player, overpay them, then let them go for nothing. You have – dude, where is J.R. Smith? That's what I want to know. Where is, is – has anyone put an APB out for J.R. Smith? Because I cannot I find that guy anywhere. <laughs> you know, it's funny what he says. I think LeBron's going to be like Julio Franco, you know, 47 years old. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to come back to the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, it's just, yeah, he's got a point on Dan Gilbert. Listen, I'm just saying, gentlemen, I get it. James Dolan wants to go out and play guitar and be in the blues band. You know what I mean? He wants to kick Anthony Mason out of, out of, out of uh, you know, uh, Madison Square Garden. I get it, guys. Dan Gilbert is the mark, man. Like, he is, dude, even Mark Cuban's sitting back looking at this guy like, wow. Is he the, really the dumbest player that even laid his cards down? Like, I don't get it. At least Paige didn't hold back. You know, folks, one of the things that uh, being able to have Paige Foley on the show, it seems like he's been let out of his cage, not just the Jester and JT. Listen, I love it. This is is a departure for me. I I appreciate it, gentlemen. But it's like, like, I I don't even understand where. Dude, Dan Gilbert lives on, like, Saturn. You know what I mean? Like, when it comes to the NBA, he's not even What do you have against Saturn? No, I don't have anything against Saturn. We can put him on Mars. We can put him on Pluto. It doesn't matter. It's just weird. He just – he doesn't make sense. Like, you ripped the one guy who, like, represented you the hardest that he could. And I get it. Like, it was really under bad circumstances that he left. I get the decision. But he comes back. He gives you one. But if you don't think that he's not going to leave again, he's going to leave again, man. He's like that really bad girlfriend that you really love that you just can't get over. Let me, let me, let me get Paige, go get a glass of water, take a deep breath. <laughs> Let's change gears. But you know, Relax. Breathe. You'll be fine. Let's go. Let's, let's change it. Look at me calming things down. That'll tell you. I love you. it. No, we're the hard-hitting gesture show, right? Come it's on, we're on the gesture. Let's do it. Oh my lord, he's gonna jump through the jump through the speakers at you folks. All right. NHL JT, take it off. What do you have? We're gonna do the same thing. Who is your biggest train wreck in the NHL and why out of Philly, Ottawa, and the LA Kings? 
Well, you, you could stop right there with that first name because as a Penguins fan, this really hurts for me to talk bad about the Philadelphia Flyers. But oh, no, are, you, are you kidding me? They're, they're actually, they have actually have, they actually, uh, you know, G. Willikers, Jester. I mean, we got to talk about these Flyers. Okay? Um, I mean, you know, let's, let's be real, okay? They actually are, have a point less than the New Jersey Devils at this point, and that should tell you something in itself. We're talking about a team that going into the season – you look at some of the Van Riemsdyk, Claude Giroux, Jacob Voracek, Sean Cordier, uh, Shane Gostabier, I mean, Provorov, this is a team that we should see a lot more from than being a cellar dweller at this point. They're awful. I mean, they're, and, and they're, their front office is trying to make trades left and right. I mean, it's like uh, the epitome. It's like the old Oakland A's back in, you know, 10 years ago at the trade deadline. Let's sell the whole team for nothing because it's, it's what they're already doing. I mean, they made a trade with Buffalo. I, I don't have the specifics of it, but recently here, you know, a team that usually is in this position that's actually showing something now in the Buffalo Sabres, but the Philadelphia Flyers, man, at this point, wow. I mean, we should call them the Philadelphia Friars, kind of reminiscent of the San Diego Padres. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I, you know, like I said, uh, you had me at Philly. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be interesting. Actually, I'm going to let Paige go ahead and follow you up with that because uh, my uh, I, I'm going to be bad. I'm actually going to order off that menu of the Philly, Ottawa, and L.A. Kings for train wreck. But I have a feeling everybody knows where I'll be going with that. But, Paige, mm-hmm. go ahead. Follow up, JT. Who is your biggest NHL uh, train wreck and why? Yeah, I'm not really sure how you top. Um, you win the Stanley Cup in 2012. You win it again in 2014. And then, as of right now, I get it five years later. Time goes on. But you're 31st in goals a game, and you're 26th in power play, and you're 29th in penalty kill, and that is the L.A. Kings. The L.A. (laughs) Kings have not been able to keep what they had. And as we know, we we watched them. We all sat back and watched, man, we're like, man. This could really be a dynasty. They could, like, the West Coast could really do it, and they didn't. And I don't understand. 19 wins, 25 losses, only 42 points, sitting last in the Pacific Division standings? What happened to this team? I can tell you. I can tell Please. you what happened. You're the well, guy. Well, first of all, yeah, first of all, well, I can know. Listen, it's easy. If if you're an LA Kings fan, uh, you you know what I'm about to say. Two things happened to that team. First of all, they didn't plan, okay, for when your goaltender gets old. And then the second one, right behind it, the worst thing that happened to LA was Sutter. His time there, there was just terrible, terrible growth. I'm going to tell you, that's what happened to that team. It, it is just. Uh, some of the, the mess that needs to be cleaned up is going to take a while for the LA Kings. So I like what you're giving on the Kings, and they have a goaltender issue. You're going Philly, JT. They have a goaltender issue. And it's funny, who mm-hmm. I'm going to be giving later on in, in the show has goaltender issues. It is the staple of any team in the NHL. It is a basic common knowledge 
that you must start off with no less. You have to have an elite goaltender. You can't have an average goaltender. You must have an elite goaltender. From there, a team is built. And the teams that you're talking about right now don't have them, either Philly or the Kings. So great stuff, guys. Great stuff. Changing up gears, coming into the home stretch of the show, or this portion of it at least, tonight's show, and this portion of today's show, if you're listening at the WQBQ1410 program, MLB, third base prospect, not named Vlad Guerrero. JT, kick us off. Well, I want to talk about a guy that is listed as a third baseman, but apparently the Reds are going to play Nick Senzel this spring training at shortstop and second place, second base, in which he has played as an amateur. Did, uh, I actually got to see him last season in Arizona playing those positions. He looks very, very comfortable at both spots, I think more so at second base. The Reds are happy with Eugenio Suarez and what they got out of him at third base. They still want to find a way to get Nick Senzel in the lineup. They're also even talking about maybe even a little outfield for this guy. So all you fantasy players out there, you can see two to three positions, even four positions of eligibility for this guy, which always makes nice. Look at a guy last year, uh, high advanced day, Daytona and double A combined 321, 14 homers, 66 RBIs, and played a really nice defensive game. Uh, And and you got to love the kid's attitude on top of it. Hey, look, I like playing third base, but I want to do whatever it takes to help with, help the ball club win, get out there. The Reds have compared him uh, to kind of the Todd Frazier type, a guy that, you know, played several infield positions for the Reds before he settled in at third base. I think you can see that from Senzel. I don't think that switch is going to be hard for him. I don't think it's going to affect his offensive game at all. So after Vlad, I like Nick Senzel. JT is awesome. That's all I got to say. Like, there's that, that quiet silence afterwards, and JT is just the man. He just lays well, it down, Well, you like, know what really it is. Well, you know what it is. Well, he really does. And, and, and for me, when, when he gives the breakdown, one of the things that people need to pay attention to as well, and in, in particular for sports and for fantasy sports page, is this. Um, and I want to double check, obviously, on this. I already know the answer uh, when he's giving somebody. But JT – his fielding. How is his fielding? Is he a guy that's going to need a defensive replacement later on no. in the game, or, or no. are you looking at a guy again that's going to be there every inning for you? You know what? What I really looked at last year, I got a chance to see him in, in Arizona against the San Francisco Giants play a second base. I saw a guy move towards second base defensively, just as well as he moved towards first base. Uh, he throws the ball well. He's nice, smooth, fluid hips. And let's be honest. The kid's a smart kid. He knows how to field the ball, and, and I really don't think you're going to see any laps in him no matter what position you see him at. Okay. All right. That, that's my interest because moving him around, it kind of it kind of has that utility infielder feel to it, and, and you're wondering, mm-hmm. okay, will he be there at, later on in the game? So great stuff. Paige, go ahead. Who's your third baseman that we're looking at? I'll be honest with you, gentlemen. I'm not going to go as in-depth as JT has because he's got it. This guy's got the knack. But I, I don't think JT's going to honestly really dismiss this as well. I think Jose Ramirez from the Cleveland Indians is going to be the guy. Okay, and here's the reason why. They know, at least Tito Francona knows, 
on one side of the diamond, he's got it locked up. And this is what I like. 270 average last year, 387 on-base percentage, 552 slugging, 39 homers. I think Jose Ramirez, and I honestly think that in my heart of hearts, looking at what the Cleveland Indians have done, they've let a few guys go, but they've also have a really good farm team. And I love where Francisco Lindor is coming in, coming into this year. It's just my personal opinion. I really, really like where Cleveland is at. And the other guy that I expect to really have a better year than what he had last year is Chris Bryant. I think we all kind of know. Chris Bryant had a really down year last year. Like, it was, he was more of a shell of himself than what he's ever been before. Only had 13 home runs. Like, that's really mm-hmm. awkward for a guy like mm-hmm. Chris Bryant, who has a really natural swing. He's another guy that I think, going in to this year, these guys can have really big upticks going forward and what they can honestly bring, honestly, really when you look at going down the line as well. And, you know, down the stretch. One of the things I'm just going to throw out there, uh, I'm going to throw it out there real quick, guys. You did a great job. We've got just a minute or two left here, and then I've got to wrap it up. So great things going on. Third base, we're going to be breaking it down even further with the MLB prospects yet to come up on the Fantasy Justice Show as it continues in the second half. First night out of the box on Blog Talk, Real technical issue. We didn't talk to Blog Talk about that, but all in all, great show, great job. First page. I'll talk with you later on on the Lake County Sports Show, my brother. You have a good one. Listen, Thanks so much. Always a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on, JT. Awesome Thank page. you, sir. Listen, y'all you run too, one of the best programs that there is, man. I'm a fan, and honestly, moreover, I'm just so elated to be on. And, uh, you know, y'all, y'all open up and uh, give me the invitation. I appreciate it. Sounds great. You have a great night, brother. Talk to you later. All right, Joe. JT, my man. Another good one. First hey. one out of the gate for Blog Talk. And uh, looking forward to that Super Bowl show coming up. Yeah, stretch the legs a little bit. We got the big Super Bowl show coming. We'll have all kinds of fun people knowing you. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also looking forward to that Kansas City Rams Super Bowl Uh that we're going to have. Gee willikers, it's going to be a great time this weekend in the NFL. JT, <laughs> thanks so much for everything. You have a great one, man. Take care, man. All right. And, folks, that's it. We are out of time. I am the Fantasy Jester. Thanks for tuning in. Tune in next week. We're going to start revealing that list of everything for Hi, this is Bob Tewksbury, former Major League pitcher and author of 90% Mental, and you've been listening to Jester Fantasy, or Fantasy Jester, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You could could use that. Can I? I might. Yeah. It's all right with you. No, I think it'd be funny.